0: Hey guys, what's up and welcome to another episode of the Girls Spot Podcast with your amazing host, Crystal. Yes, guys, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody. I hope you have had an amazing week this far. Um I didn't get to get with you guys last week. I had so much going on. And there are some times when I really just feel like I can't get away. And I hate that, but I'm working on it, guys. Uh, Trust me when I tell you that I'm working on it. So, how has everyone been? I hope everybody is just thriving and enjoying their life. Um, But we're going to get right into episode four, guys, episode four. And I got a really good topic this week. Um, And it's something that I talk about often on my personal videos. social media I've said it on my personal social media a million times so I thought it would be a great 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 topic uh, to start the new year you know to start February off with should we say so let's go ahead and get into our week in review so everyone knows that um, Kobe Bryant's untimely death and his daughter and those other uh, families who were on his on the helicopter with him um it was very a very very sad time in the world because Kobe Bryant touched so many people's lives and um we just want to uh send our condolences out to all the families and if you are a parent or you even have a heart this was really heartbreaking. Um no matter who the person is. I mean I, th- I think people get frustrated when people show emotion for celebrities passing because they feel like How can you um, be emotional about somebody who didn't know you or you didn't know them? But the truth of the matter is, a lot of the times we grow up with these people. When Michael Jackson died, people cried. Um, Anytime Whitney Houston died, I'm certain there were people who were sad. So I just think that we have to stop trying to tell people how they're supposed to feel when something tragic happens because it's not our place. And a lot of people were hurt. You got a lot of people who grew up watching the mamba like that was what it was and it's um really really sad I mean I'm a girl dad um my dad raised me by himself from the time I was like 10 so I know what that bond feels like between a father and a daughter and it is such an amazing um it is such an amazing feeling and And not saying that the bond that a mother has with her son or her daughter isn't amazing. Because I have an amazing bond with my children. However, I'm just telling you what it feels like to have that bond with your father. I miss my dad on a regular basis. And a lot of times I'm just like, I just wish he was just here one last time. Like, I wish that I could talk to him again and get some of that amazing advice that he always had for me i lost my dad as a young adult guy so i didn't get he didn't get to see me um as an adult you know he just didn't so i felt that loss deep 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 um so let's see what else happened so um, rest easy to all the families that lost loved ones in this horrific ac- accident. Um, it was just horrible. It's, it's just terrible. Um, so Mace exposed Diddy. And so Diddy is always screaming, Black excellence, Black excellence, Black excellence. Y'all know I'm sipping my coffee. It's early morning. Y'all don't want me without coffee, okay? So Diddy is always screaming Black Excellence. That's just his thing. And someone said this. I cannot remember. I, I listen to her um, often, um, I'm, and I will give her credit when I, <laughs> I remember who she is. But she said, and this was a true statement, those of us who grew up in the 90s. So I was born in 79, but in the 90s, I was a teenager. So those of us who grew up. Uh, in the whole east coast west coast area era um where uh Diddy Biggie and pot all that stuff started those of us who grew up then we we don't look at Diddy the way a lot of young people look at him because we have a lot of young people who see this social media and so forth and so on and they see that side of Diddy that um it was not there years ago like he's to me he's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing and um he screams black excellence but I remember when he had his uh tv show uh his reality show and he treated his staff like shit like for real and and I understand that you want him to understand how it is but he it was like one episode he had to kill walk so far to get him something I can't remember what it was but I want to say it was like a cup of coffee or some shit. And it's just like, really, like, just because you have money, this is how you would treat a human being. Like, it was just terrible. I cannot remember the name of that show. I'm going to have to definitely uh, look that up. But absolutely, we don't look at Diddy like that. But um, let's see. Let's see. Hold on, y'all. Making the band. That's what it was. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. So on making the band, he was, you know, like helping these people become stars. But if you notice, and the one thing she said was that, and this is facts. I mean, this is what you see. You look at all the people who work under Diddy. A lot of them people are not successful and a lot of people said he he did the same type basically he had the same type of contracts as um, cash money so he was doing some shady shit and taking advantage of so many people that just wanted fame and just wanted success and Mace he uh, did he did this 45 minute long speech He did his 45 minute long speech um, and he talked about the Grammys and he talked about how they need more uh, to be more inclusive and so forth and so on. And Mace came out and just said, you know what, Um, you talk about black excellence, but um, you really, he, cause he, Mace is one of the people who held up bad boy when Biggie died. Like Mace was a big thing, um, back in the nineties or whatever. And so he said, you know, basically that he, he didn't make any money and that Diddy did some really shady things and that he has opportunity to right his wrongs. And he said he did not come out before because he wanted to make enough money. So when he came out, it would not be revengeful. It would just be what it was. And so he asked Diddy if he could uh purchase the rights and Diddy basically shut him down. He offer I think he, he said he offered him two million dollars and Diddy basically shut all of that down because he doesn't want to make that money. And it's you know, it was said that he basically, you know, told him that. He would be old by the time he was able to get the rights so it was i i just believe it you know what i mean it's been so many rumors of him doing shady shit you know it was rumors that he had something to do with biggie's death so you have to understand that puffy is a shady ass individual and all the people all the artists that have been under his label are no longer uh and he has he is a billionaire But how can you be a billionaire and you had all these artists under your name, under your label, and how many of them are actually successful? How many of them are actually successful? Still relevant to this day. And that's because he only wanted that fast money. He wanted that right now money. So I'm not a fan of Diddy at all. Just know that. Um, But moving right along, that coronavirus, guys. (laughs) So... It's just so weird to me how, and I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist. However, uh, the U.S. has put a travel ban on people coming into the U.S. from China. Whether you're a citizen or not, it's like, listen, your ass is about to be quarantined because this virus is worse than what they were trying to let us believe over there in China. Um, Of course, you know, it's been all this speculation that uh the virus came from a snake and then they said it came from a bat and there's all these gross videos of them eating bats i think that is the most horrendous first of all what are you getting from eating a bat like is there any meat on the bat the head is sitting up the fangs are are out of its mouth like it's black as tar like look like some Licorice, oh, it's just terrible. So, long story short, there's been speculation that there's this wet market there. it was supposed, from my understanding, let's make this clear from what I gathered, from what I read, that they have this market. And it, I'm under the impression that it's supposed to be like a uh fish market. And then there were some people who were concerned that because they were selling everything from raccoon dogs to freaking uh just all types of wild animals in there first of all raccoons carry rabies so why the hell would you have a raccoon dog and where the fuck did you get a raccoon dog i just can't even imagine that so long story short the US has finally put a travel ban. However, there has been quite a few cases apparently in the US of the coronavirus, and I certainly I definitely feel like that we have to as the US, we need to learn first learn about our business. And secondly, why wait so long? I feel like this was just and as I and what I was saying was I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist. However, it is just weird that this is all happening during the impeachment <laughs> trial. That is just weird to me. And I just think that the news controls everything and they push the narrative that they want to push. So that's just, just just my take on that. And speaking of uh y'all the, the Trump, um of course you know they are not allowing witnesses even though I've never in my life heard of someone going to trial and there being witnesses and those witnesses not being able to be called Uh, but we all know that the powers that be Trump has raised a lot of palms and um, I think a lot of people um, he has brought a lot of people in and gotten their hands dirty and they're like okay we're going to do what we need to do to uh, make sure that he doesn't feel the need to Tell on us, you know what I'm saying. So, you got a lot of powerful people that made a lot of money with Trump being president, and those people do not want to be exposed because, as we know, people are coming out and they are singing like birds. Okay, we know that there is no way to rationalize why during his, the impeachment trial is going the way that it's going. It's no way to rationalize it. It's just the fact that he has probably let... They already know Trump is not going to go down alone. When they finally catch up with him, he's dragging everybody with him. All the people that have worked for him have either quit, he's either fired them, or they in jail. So, he is not about to go down alone. So, that is the reason why I believe they're like no witnesses. And that's the reason why I believe that they're trying to acquit him. Because they already know his coward ass is going to tell. He's going to rat on everybody. So, they just do what they have to do. You know, you kind of be hopeful. You kind of be hopeful that... Things just go right, but then you just kind of know that it's not. So you just learn to say, you know what? It is what it is. They're going to do what they want to do, and there's nothing we can do about it. So, guys, let's get into our Therapy is Dope segment. Um, I thought that would be a great um segment to add to the podcast each week. It's just kind of, um, I want people to understand the importance of therapy, so... Um, I want to lead by example, not give put you too much in my business, but just lead by example. Um, You know, we have a lot of people that think that therapy is a waste of time. Um, My daughter's father told me that it was a waste of time and that there was no reason for me to take her to therapy. And I advised him that therapy is not a waste of time. And that's exactly why you need therapy, because you have that mindset that it is a waste of time when it is absolutely not a waste of time. Um, It is something that is needed. It allows you to talk to somebody that is unbiased Um, it allows you, and, and, and you may not, and this is the thing it took, let me tell y'all about finding a therapist. It took me months to find my therapist. And when I say months, months, because I had to find a therapist that not only worked for me, that I felt also worked for my children. And so we could all be on the same accord, somebody whose energy matched our energy um, I didn't want someone who was overly religious. Uh I didn't want someone who was just that, that I just didn't mesh with um uh, spiritually. Um we I didn't feel like we connected at all. And the one thing I love about my therapist is she just when my children talk to her, it's like they talking to a friend. And she creates that environment. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I also love the fact that she doesn't put me on a time limit. When I go with the kids, we kind of keep, we try to keep a time. But for the most part, I like the fact that I'm her last client of the day. And if you can get on someone, if you could become someone's last client, you're probably more uh, apt to not have, to not be on that time limit. However, it isn't even self that. I take advantage of her time. It's just that she does when we're, it's so hard when you're in therapy and you're talking about a topic and then you have somebody to just cut it off. Cause to me, that's so impersonal. It's like, I understand this is what you're getting paid for, but do you really have the compassion? Uh, someone close to me had a therapist and they said, you know, when time was up, she'd be like, Oh, our time's up. And that just didn't feel like I wouldn't like that. I just would not like that. And a lot of times in my therapist, we going back and forth and talking, just like she my home girl. Like we sipping some wine, which we don't, but that's how it feels. Like the time just flies, and she just doesn't stop us at that moment. And I love the fact that every time we get together, we unpack. Um, so the last three se- the last two sessions that I've had have been with my children. So I'm it's just me and one of my children um i first took my son then i took my daughter last week and this coming week i'm taking my oldest daughter and it's just really good to be able to for them to openly talk and i'll create an environment for my children so they feel comfortable talking to me but it's really good for us to really just be able to talk and not be angry with each other but after we do all that unpacking uh, she gives us an affirmation card, and I love reading them. I love getting them. It's like the icing on the cake when the session is done. So, so far, I've gotten three because she didn't have them. Last week, she ran out, which essentially says she has lock So, <laughs> it says loving myself, and this was so profound because that is where I am on my journey is with loving myself. Um, and it says loving myself unconditionally it means accepting what it is. In loving myself, I help create a world where it is safe for us to love each other. I am in the process of becoming my own best friend. The person I am most happy to be with. Amazing. Because I love Crystal. I love Crystal's company. I enjoy just spending time with myself uh, and, of course, my children. But I enjoy just being alone with my thoughts and just doing whatever it is that makes me happy. You know? So... That was therapy is dope, guys. If you do not have a therapist, um, I suggest you get one, okay? And let's get into the reason why we're here, yes. So, the struggle, guys, the struggle that is today's topic is the struggle, and we're talking about why black. Parents want their kids to struggle. Why? And I can't even say poor parents. I wanted to say poor parents, but I'm going to say black parents, minority parents mostly. Black parents. I don't know. I say black parents because that's what I see. So let's be clear. These are my thoughts and my opinions, and you do not have to agree but a lot of the times you see a lot of parents saying oh well I want my children to um I'm not giving my children anything my children got to pay bills in my house um if they once they get grown or once they get a job and um I want them to understand that hard work pays off and you know, they just want to see their children in a struggle. Oh, you, you can't go to... I've even seen it so bad where parents are telling children that are trying to go and get et, and get educated. Like, maybe they want to go to a trade school or maybe they want to go to, to some college. And they're saying, no, you got to go out here and get a job. And, you know, I'm not going to help you. Didn't nobody help me. And it's like, that is the worst mentality in the world. Because do you not... I I wasn't raised like that. My dad took very good care of me and my sister. However, I remember when I got older and I wanted more money and I felt like my dad wasn't giving me enough money. And even though he was, but at the time it was like, oh my God, like I need to make more money. This is when I decided I was going to give me a job because I wanted me a car. And I was just in my feelings like, oh my God, I'm broke. I ain't got enough money to do this. And let me tell you something. When you feel that you your needs are not being met, that is the most scary, uh, terrible feeling you have ever felt. So as a parent, and, and I just ask this question, do you think that your child, fresh out of high school, trying to find their way, should be helping you pay your bills bills that you created bills that you had while they were there when they were younger and now all of a sudden because they've hit 18 or maybe because they got eight of age to get a job now you're saying oh well you need to to contribute here when nine times out of ten you either have a grown-ass woman living with you or another grown-ass man living with you Or you dealing with a grown-ass man. And a lot of times, most women that's having their kids help pay these bills and they got a man, that man ain't contributing a damn thing. Because if he was contributing something or that woman was contributing something, you wouldn't be looking at your young child to help you pay bills that you created. I just think that is so terrible. I'm going to tell you guys how I raised my daughter, and I'm not my children. And I'm not saying that this is the right way to do it. I'm no guru. I'm just a mother raising children, okay? My 19-year-old daughter worked. Um, She got a job when she was uh, senior in high school. I did not want her working before. I wanted her focusing on school. I just felt like um, working and going to school was just too much, okay? But she, her senior, was a breeze. So she picked up a job in the mall. She hated it. Uh, then after her, after she quit that job because she wasn't getting any hours, she went on to another job and she hated it. Um, her the the manager who was there was just mean and hateful, and it was just a terrible experience. And she was just like you know she was getting all these hours, and then she cut her hours, and it was, she was driving all this way to get to this job, and it just was like, um, you know, it was just really pointless for her to be going to this job, because she really wasn't making no money, and so she, she quit this job, and she ended up um, just being home and I was okay with that I let her know that I wanted her to find her way she had started going to school but she was just like "Mom, this really isn't for me did what she was taking up in school just wasn't for her and that's a lot of the things that happen with kids is they don't know their way they're trying to find their way so I pushed entrepreneurship in my home because I worked in corporate America for many many years and I hated it I felt as if I was always at the bottom you know what I mean and not, and people climb the corporate ladder I'm not saying they can't that's what some people want to do but I preach entrepreneurship in my home because I want to ha- raise CEOs I want to raise employers and not employees so that's what I pre- preach in my house and let me tell you something She now is in, she didn't work for like a year. People have problems with it, but at the end of the day, I was going with what I felt was right. She helped me run my business, and then she's in school now for aesthetics, and that is something she's passionate about. So I say all of that to say, when your children first get out of high school, why are you acting like they are supposed to just automatically have it together and know what they're supposed to do? Some people forcing their children to go to a four year college, getting tons of debt and don't even end up, don't end up not even using their. um So as I was saying, guys, we had to take a brief interlude. Excuse me. (laughs) We had to take a brief interlude. But back to what I was saying. So a lot of parents want to, uh, their kids, it is amazing for your kids to go to a four-year college and, you know, have that whole college experience and um, get out of college and just be successful. That's what we all want. But do you ever think about what it is your children want? Do you think about what your children want, what it's going to take for them to be happy? A lot of the times we send our kids to these schools uh, and if your children don't have a scholarship or anything like that or they're not getting enough grant money, then they end up in all this loads and loads of debt starting out as a young adult once they graduate from this four-year college and they spend majority of their life paying back loans and a lot of them just are going to school because that's what the American dream looks like go to a four-year college or go to college get a job have a family buy a house a car work your entire life that's what the American dream looks like. But we are living in times now where the American dream can be whatever you want to cut it out to be. Um, if We have started to come back around to trades, um, which are things like my daughter going to school for aesthetics, cosmetology, plumbing, heating. You know what I'm saying? All of that stuff is coming back to the forefront because a lot of the times now you have people that go to a trade school in a year come out no debt immediately able to get a good paying job and you got somebody that's work going to school for four years they come out and they can't even get a job in their field but they have mounds and mounds of debt so i just say that people should think twice before you put that pressure on your child to go to a four-year college or you put that pressure on your child to help pay your bills or to get their life together. Yes, I was always, you know, telling my daughter, what is it that you're going to do? You have to be doing something and trying to nudge her to start her life. But at the same time, I didn't want her out here struggling to pay for a car, going to college and working Just so she could help me pay my bills. just You know what I'm saying? Putting all that pressure on her and she's just starting out. I didn't have that pressure put on me. So there was no way I was going to put that pressure on my child. And I personally feel like if they are not going to school, then yeah, they do need to get a job. But if they are going to school, support them. Don't make them feel like because you had to have a job and go to school and raise a child that your children have to do that now yes if they have a child and that's a whole different different conversation however why do we feel like that it is it is a good thing for our children to feel the struggle do you not remember what it felt like even as an adult even in my 30s going through life and struggling at different moments in my life I hated it so why would you want your children to experience that what in your mind makes you think that's gonna make them a better human being do you not understand that it does not so allow your children support your children I have had you would be surprised at the amount of kids that have come to my house uh, via my daughter my oldest daughter and they don't know how to check their credit score they don't know how to apply for a credit card They don't know anything about credit, nothing. And in this household, we try to teach them the importance of credit because growing up, my dad didn't teach me the importance of credit. I knew credit was important, but my dad paid cash for everything. That's what people did back in the day. So when I graduated, um, when I started going to school and they started offering me I went to trade school and they started offering me all these credit cards. I was like, oh my God, this is free money. I didn't know how to act. I knew I had to pay it back. But, oh, I got to pay $25 a week. $25 a week ain't nothing. But $25 a week turning to be something up. It's turning to be a big, big deal. So, it was not easy to try to figure out how to manage that. So, I completely destroyed my credit when I was younger. Completely destroyed it. And I wanted my daughter uh, and I want all my children to not make that mistake. So those are conversations that we have on a regular basis. My daughter understands the importance of making sure she pays her bills on time, building her credit, how, you know, what makes your credit good, what hurts your credit. Those are things that I teach her and Being that I allowed her to um, not work for a year while she kind of figured things out, I paid her credit card bill because I did not want to say, well, that's your bill. That's all shit you bought. So I'm not going to help you pay that. And then she she ended up with her credit score at a 400. My daughter has almost a 700 credit score at 19 years old. And the only thing that affects her credit is the fact that she doesn't have a car loan or anything like that. Like, a you know, anything major on her credit. All she has is her two credit cards and she pays some things faithfully. So you have to teach your children and break that generational cycle that... Oh, don't get a credit card. You don't need a credit card. No, it's nothing wrong with you having a credit card, but you have to understand you can't tell them don't have a credit card and they need that when they're they're working, but then not teach them that credit cards aren't bad things if you know how to use them and if you don't abuse them. Those are things you should be teaching your children, how to be better than you, how to not screw their credit up at a young age. Because let me tell you something, desperation Makes you do crazy shit. So when you're sitting up here and you're telling your children. Because you're putting them in a worse situation. <clears throat> so when you sit sitting up here and you're telling your children. Oh, you need to work. Um, and you need to go to school. And you need to help pay bills. Then they find. Th- then they see. Oh, we can get a credit card. So now, not only can I enjoy my life. I can still handle my responsibilities. Because I got this credit card here. And they're not telling you because you have created an environment where you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. But they're struggling because you have them. So you have them enslaved to helping you. You're grown. You should not be expecting your children to help you and help you pay your bills. And you just sit back and enjoy life. And you know they ain't making a lot of money. Hell, you ain't making a lot of money. So how can you expect your children to help you pay their bills? And they're probably making minimum wage. And you can barely pay your bills. You hate paying your bills. So how would you think that putting them in a the struggle is a good thing? And it's teaching them a lesson. It's not teaching them Anything, It's just repeating that same old cycle. And I refuse to repeat that cycle with my children. Okay, so we don't do that in my household. We do not tell my children that they should be struggling. That's just something I don't do. And I will never do that. You need to be a good human being. You need to find your way. I'm going to have your back while you're finding your way. You don't need to get out here and get in no trouble. And we're going to figure out what it is you want to do. That's the question I ask my children. What is it that you want to do? What could you see yourself doing for the next five to ten years? Or what could you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? What makes you happy? Not doing what you do just to survive. We got to stop teaching our children to just survive and just live. That's it. It's so simple. It's so simple. And I just had to talk about that because I get pissed every time I see parents saying that like oh my god did you like helping your mama pay her, her her bills with your little kfc check did you you did not you wanted to take every piece of your money and do whatever it is you wanted to do it's different if your kids got a little job and they want to do something nice for you because that's what my daughter did and that's why i got her back because when my daughter was working she made sure her mama was good so and and i'm always make sure she good yes that's what we're gonna do So quote of the day, guys, that's my take on the struggle. Yes. Quote of the day. I'm feeling this. People make time for what they want. Just that simple. Just that simple. People make time for what they want to make time for. We sit up here and we believe this whole bullshit about people being busy. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I got this going on. No, the hell you don't. It takes literally seconds to send a text message. So therefore, why would you leave somebody when they're telling you they are busy? No, they're not. Because they made time to do whatever they was doing while they wasn't reaching out to you. We have to learn, especially as women, to stop being an option to men. It, it That... We Men have so much power over women a lot of times because we are emotional beings and because we do want to get that attention from men and we do want to uh, be pursued. And a lot of the times we find ourselves doing the pursuing versus being pursued and we find ourselves putting in a lot more work than somebody else is putting in. And the truth of the matter is we have to say, you know what? And it, sometimes it's hard and it takes, <clears throat> it takes um, dedication <laughs> to say, you know what? I ain't dealing with this. I'm not putting up with your shit. I'm not going to sit here and be an option for you. I'm not going to sit here and allow you to think that you can um, just treat me however you want to treat me. I'm not going to sit here and allow you to fuck with me when you want to fuck with me and now that you you know you just lying and you just not being transparent and think that I'm going to just be here whenever you're ready for me to be here no it don't work like that so when people when I I tell you one thing people make time for what they want to make time for and you have to know and understand that if a person isn't making time for you, then you're not their person. And that's okay too. Um, but all 2020, I'm giving everybody the same energy that they're giving me. And I suggest you do the same. If you giving me crappy energy, I'm not dealing with you. And by not dealing with you, I'm not even putting my good energy into you. So that is where I'm at with it in 2020. I'm staying that way. I'm not entertaining the bullshit. I'm not entertaining um, the fake shit. I just don't have time for it. So, if you are dealing with somebody and you just feel like, whether it's a friend, whether it's a companion, whether it's a prospect, what the it is, and you feel like they're not putting in the same time, then address it. And if it don't get better, then you got to say, you know what, for my own sanity. Because a lot of the times when we dealing with somebody and they not responding or talking to us, we be on, it be stressing you out. You be, for real, you be checking your fucking phone and trying to figure out what's going on. And if they sending you a message and if they call, no, we're not doing that in 2020, ladies. We are reversing the roles, guys. We are saying, I'm giving you what you've given me. And. We're going to keep it. And it ain't nagging. Men try to say women are nagging because you get us used to one thing. And then whenever we used to it, you want to snap, take it away. No, you're going to be consistent. You started out being consistent. You're going to remain consistent. And if you can't be consistent, then we cannot be simple as that. We cannot exist for sure. That is my, that's it guys. We are done. Um, the struggle that was it i hope you guys enjoyed it um i hope it was something that you could take away in this segment um i definitely try to keep them short and to the point uh once we do our weekend review but if you want to know what the podcast is about so you can stick around um (laughs) just read the title (laughs) all right i love you i love you i love you for real i hope everybody has an amazing week coming up we are gonna have great vibes only We're going to hit the ground running on Monday, and life is going to be amazing. I love you. Bye.